Dennis Stewart, lovely to see you again. Uh, had a few weeks off, but you're going to uh, bring us up to date with some information you've had on a couple of recently published books. I, I'm going to do that, Jane. In fact, I'm looking really forward to presenting some information, new information from two very important recent texts. It's a very exciting topic we're taking up today. might have something to do with... Ah, it has a lot to do with viruses. Yes. And it has a lot to do with the way in which nutritional supplements and particular herbs can be shown to have a significant beneficial effect in the fight against viral infections. Dennis, uh, you've found some interesting new information. I have. And, and you know very well, um, Jane, that I don't push any one particular publisher or any one particular author. But during the time that I've been away from the program, I've read two, um, what I would consider to be two of the most important works that I've ever read on the way in which viruses per se can be helped or can be fought against effectively by nutritional supplements and herbs. I was fortunate enough to uh, get hold of Sandra Cabot's book entitled Corona and Other Dangerous Viruses. It is a superb work written by what I consider to be one of Australia's most informative doctors, a doctor who's a qualified medical practitioner, but who is very, very well qualified also in, in what's called natural medicine. And one of the things that has disturbed me, by the way, Jane, is that in this whole debate about viruses, etc., not very much credit or mention has been given as to the potential, and I say potential, associated with uh, complementary medicine, particularly from the nutritional world and even the herbal world. Well, in, in Cabot's work, it, there is a remarkable, a remarkable section in there dealing with a little group of nutrients, which she goes on to explain in her work, have a foundational uh, and well-recognised role, recognised around the world, as being supportive of the antiviral effect within the body. And I was so impressed with what she said that I thought I'd better mention this today because there are listeners out there who are interested in becoming proactive, realising that we should not depend upon any one thing to fight against viral infections. I'm a great supporter of every approach, medical and non-medical, that could be seen to be effective in fighting viruses, regardless of the name of them. But what she points out, particularly in page 62 of her book, now I mentioned that, I mentioned that to, to listeners, I'm sure listeners will go and get hold of her book entitled Corona and Other Dangerous Viruses, What You Must Know to Protect Yourself and What They Don't Tell You by Sandra Cabot. But in that text on page 62, she mentions just a handful of little supplements which I will just quickly mention to listeners because they are readily available, readily available from our good pharmacies and our good health food stores and good naturopathic practices in Newcastle, this wonderful town. These are not exotic substances and these are all economical substances, some which may have been, even listeners may have heard about them. But there's a little list of what she enumerates in her book here as being immune-enhancing agents. In fact, the terminology she uses is immune-strengthening supplements on page 62 of her work. And what are these supplements that she claims and goes on to expound 
as having such remarkable benefits, potentially, in the fight against any virus. First of all, she's very, very, very strong on selenium. And I'll say that again slowly. So listeners looking at uh, helping themselves to build up a degree of defence immunologically against any virus will jot these things down and hopefully as a result go to the outlets, uh, pharmacies in particular, good health food stores where we have excellent naturopathic services and naturopathic practices. But selenium is the top of the list. Selenium is a mineral and as Cabot points out, is probably the single most important nutritional supplement to enhance the system's or the body's immune system, particularly in its fight against viral challenges, regardless of the name of the virus. So she comes down in a very strong way on page 62 of the text saying the most important supplement, the most important supplement is selenium in a dose of 100 to 200 micrograms adult per day. Now, a pharmacy or a health food store or a naturopathic practice would carry selenium and the product would be labelled in accordance with recommendations or requirements of the Therapeutic Goods Administration. Selenium number one. We've spoken about vitamin C on this program for years and years and years and years. Um, it was made famous decades ago by Professor Linus Pauling. He was laughed at at the time. Now it's arguably one of the most recognised uh, nutritional supplements, vitamin C, in enhancing the body's general immune defence against particularly viruses. And she talks about vitamin C, a supplement number two, in doses of 500 to 100 milligrams per day. Then there's a big emphasis on what we call vitamin D3. Now, this, is, this can be obtained from the outside, from sunshine. But the argument is today we are all living more and more inside, and particularly in wintertime, and particularly in countries overseas, cold countries that have harsh winters, like places like Great Britain, for instance, low vitamin D levels have been associated with lower immunological activity. So Cabot is very big in recommending the use of vitamin D deliberately as a supplement in a level of 1,000 to 5,000 IUs daily. Then, principle supplement number four, I've nearly finished, is zinc. This is probably the most important naturopathic supplement. We use it for skin conditions such as acne, etc. But this is incredibly effective as an immune enhancer in fighting particularly viral infections, recommended by Cabot in the level of 10 to 30 milligrams of zinc daily. And finally, she recommends a substance that's probably not as well known. It goes under the abbreviation of capital N, capital A, capital C. We call it NAC. Readily available. What it is is N-acetylcysteine. Don't worry about that verbiage. Just remember the term NAC, N-A-C. This is a powerful aid, particularly to break up mucus congestion and protect the lung from being filled up, if you like, with fluid, as frequently happens in respiratory infections. They are the five supplements that Cabot considers to be foundational for building up resistance to viral infections. To NURFM's Health Naturally. And uh, Dennis, uh, selenium, you're wanting to say a few more words about selenium. Yes, look, I'd like to just uh, take that a little bit further. 
Uh, Sandra Cabot makes an interesting statement on page 45 of this text of hers entitled Corona and Other Dangerous Viruses. In talking about <laughs> selenium, she says, I call selenium the viral birth control pill. What, what an interesting uh, terminology. I call selenium the viral birth control pill to describe just how important it is in helping us fight against viral infections. A normally harmless or low pathogenic virus can become far more destructive if in a person who is selenium deficient. Now, what she's basically saying here is, look, this thing is so useful in, as, a, as a supplement in preventing or at least potentially preventing viral infections that she compares it, if you like, to the contraceptive pill. A lovely term. Remember selenium listeners as the viral birth control pill to describe just how important it is in helping to fight viral infections. Even if you pick up nothing from what I've said today, go uh, and think about selenium. Uh, it can be obtained from food, but it's not as present in food these days as it was. And think more about talking to your pharmacist, your health food store, or your naturopath about guaranteeing, guaranteeing a good selenium level by getting hold of a good supplement and taking it the level that the good doctor recommended. Now, Marion has rung in from Bonnells yeah. Bay, Dennis, uh, about the the supplements you've just yeah. been talking yeah. about, sort of almost a related yeah. question in a way. Yeah. And uh, Marion would like to know, and uh, I correct me if I'm wrong, Marion, uh, whether these supplements can be taken by pregnant women. Is that right? Uh, yes, pregnant and breastfeeding. Okay. Marion, with any supplement, and it doesn't matter which one it is, it is always wise to discuss the taking of them with your uh, medical manager, particularly if you have uh, an underlying uh, health condition or, in fact, uh, you are pregnant. Um, so I would be suggesting here that rather, rather than say, yes, these are all safe to be taken by pregnant women, as I suspect by the way they are, yeah. It, it would be wise to discuss the taking of them with your medical manager, particularly in your pregnant state. Pregnancy can uh, have things going on with it that require pretty strong medical management. And whilst I would contend that these things are very safe, it would be improper for me to say, oh, look, uh, for all pregnant women, uh, they are safe. I would say if you're interested in taking them, See your pharmacist, see your doctor, or see a natural therapist to get a professional opinion. I think they're safe, but I can't say safe for every pregnant woman. It needs to be taken up with your medical manager. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Um, thank you for your call, Marion. 49216216. That's the number to ring to get through to us. And Cecily has rung through from Elibana. Cecily, uh, you've got some neuropathy in your feet. You've had breast cancer and chemo on that. Uh, and you've got a question about that, yes? Yes, I have, thanks, yes. Yes, please ask. <laughs> Hi, Janice, how are you? Uh, very well, Cecily. Um, yes, during chemo, I developed neuropathy. Yes. Um, 
gotten, I was very lucky I only got it in the legs and the feet, not in yes. the hands or yes. anything. Yes. Um, I'm in the middle of radiation at the moment. Yes. But, um, I was just wondering, I was reading that the vitamin B may help to generate the, regenerate the nerves, and I was just wondering if this is right, whether I should have a go at that or not. The good thing about vitamin D is that, generally speaking, it's very, very safe. It's a water-soluble vitamin, and uh, it's not easy to see a vitamin like that establishing any serious complications. I'd be, I'd be a, a little bit, a little bit sceptical about um, any great expectation coming from it. What about or, vitamin B? Uh, well, this is what I thought. This is what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I thought you said vitamin D. Just no, 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 vi no, vitamin B. I'm talking about. It's a water soluble vitamin, and as and as such, has great great um, safety factor written into it. I'd be a little bit, um, or not sceptical, but I wouldn't be too expectant okay. about, about it doing wonderful things. But I'll just throw in a little bit of encouragement. Um, pyridoxin, which is one of the B group, vitamin B6, um, mm -hmm. has shown some benefit um, in some patients that have had um, things like carpal tunnel syndrome, which I know is not a neuropathy, but uh, it is an interesting member of the B group vitamin, vitamins that seems to be uh, usefully tried in conditions that are of a nervous system orientation. And I would suggest, therefore, that in your pursuit using vitamin uh, vitamin B, that you should think about a higher dose of vitamin B6 taken in conjunction with the B group generally. Okay. But I come back to the point, uh, don't expect too much from it. I think if you were to get uh, a good result, um, you should let us know so we could let others know about it. And always, and also, by the way, um, if um, if you're having any medical management uh, of any description, you you must uh, run that past those who are managing your condition. I'm sure, with reference to the B vitamins, there'd be no problem. But it's the ethical thing and the honest mm -hmm. thing to do to mention that. Uh, yes, yes. You, I'm taking yeah. Lyrica as well. Yeah, well, Lyrica is the standard drug for it. Uh, another thing that is, is a little bit encouraging, a little bit encouragement. Uh, you've probably heard me talk very briefly about um, what's called homeopathic medicine. Now, the moment I mention homeopathic medicine, all the sceptics out there shake their head and say, there he goes, he's off his face again, so to speak. But homeopathic medicine is well entrenched, even in mainstream medicine, it uh, was developed by an Austrian physician, uh, Samuel Hahnemann, a couple of hundred years ago, and is one of the most popular forms of natural medicine uh, practiced, interestingly, uh, by medical practitioners. There is, in fact, the, the Homeopathic Foundation in the UK, in Great Ormond Street, London, that educates medical practitioners in the art of homeopathy. So it has a degree, even in the, uh, the circles of medicine, of validity. Now, in homeopathic medicine, substances are administered sometimes in, in paradoxical uh, ways and also in very, very, very minute doses. Now, there is a remedy within home homeopathy called hypericum, H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-U-M, hypericum. Now, hypericum is the botanical name for St. John's wort, but hypericum used in homeopathy has quite different indications 
for those of St John's Wort. St John's Wort would probably, uh, certainly I wouldn't recommend it while someone was having uh, chemotherapy. It's a very contradictory herb and problematical at times when taken in conjunction with mainstream medical procedures. But in a homeopathic preparation, and in some of my British homeopathic texts, uh, Hypericum 6C is, is prescribed paradoxically for neurological conditions. Now, I'm not saying anything more than that. There are homeopathic uh, uh, outlets in Newcastle, I'm not mentioning names, for, from which uh, Hypericum 6C could be procured. Um, if you have trouble, you can always contact the station and we'll let you know. But again, it's, it's, a, it's a long shot, uh, but between uh, using uh, experimentally perhaps the, the B-group vitamin, particularly B6, and uh, also trying... Uh, hypericum in a 6C homeopathic potency, who's to know? You may get some benefit. Health naturally. That's what Judy's done. She's rung in from Anna Bay. And uh, Judy, your question's about memory loss. Hello, Judy. Hi, Dennis. I just wanted to ask, uh -huh. I was told that vitamin D12 was good for memory loss. Uh-huh. Uh, look, vitamin B12 has a, a lot of benefits. Many uh, patients... Uh, even have injections from their doctor of, of vitamin B12. I think um, my comment would be that uh, as a, a vitamin with potential benefits for improving the overall health and functioning of the body, particularly someone who has been run down, someone who's suffering fatigue, someone who's suffering the after effects perhaps of an after, a nasty infection, uh, an elderly person, um, who's experiencing some of the uh, deficit conditions of getting old <laughs> here, here? I don't know why you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jane, I'm not, I'm not old. Exactly. <laughs> I fight against it. I fight against it. Look, um, I think it would be useful, um, but being a, a, a simple, old-fashioned herbalist, I believe that there's a lot in the in the herbal world that has a lot to do with what we call cognitive decline. That's a trendy term, isn't it? Cognitive de decline. Um, and, and I'll mention a couple of things that I've been very, very, very excited about. But uh, the first thing that I will mention is that in preparation for a recent two-day seminar um, on Australian Indigenous herbs... Uh, that I participated in and, and conducted uh, about a month about a month ago, um, I had cause to study a, a herb called Java kidney tea. Now you oh. say, you say, well, why are you mentioning Java kidney tea in the context of memory loss, and why are you yeah. mentioning Java kidney tea as being an Australian herb? Well, the herb botanically known as Orthocyphon staminaeus. And, oh, and this, therefore, opens up it to being seen as a herb that uh, grows not just in, in Java uh, or in Indonesia, but a herb which grows prolifically throughout Southeast Asia, and wait for it, grows prolifically in the warmer parts of Australia, from Bundaberg upwards, particularly up around the, the hot country of Cairns, etc., and okay. when I was studying, uh, this sounds a little bit around the bush sort of thing, but when I was studying it primarily to see its virtues in address, addressing various kidney conditions, I was overwhelmed 
with the amount of modern, uh, pr uh, well-written, well-written academic papers uh, suggesting <laughs> suggesting that it had some very, very useful possibilities in addressing cognitive decline. I've been, I have been so impressed with this herb that I have, in fact, negotiated uh, with a European company to supply me with a sophisticated extract of it, not only for my use of it in, in, in seeking to help various kidney uh, pathologies, but also using it as a herb consistent with the modern research which has shown that it has usefulness potentially for cognitive decline. So there's a herb that listeners may not have heard me talk about very much before. Let me just say to listeners, it is going to become very, very, very big in this country as a lot of natural remedies acceleratingly are derived, if you like, from Asia, where we are part of, of course, and where the traditional herbs from England and the United States will become increasingly unavailable and too costly. And Java kidney tea is one of those, and I've had the pleasure again of introducing it into Australia and have proven its usefulness in certain kidney conditions. I'm keen to see it being used consistently in, uh, for the possibility of cognitive things. Now, having said that, uh, and that will be difficult for you to procure at this stage unless you get online and purchase it from an overseas source, but... Uh, herbs that are mainly used for cognitive decline in Western herbal medicine, certainly it's the ginkgo, uh, ginkgo yeah. biloba. And again, a lot of uh, failures in ginkgo biloba are associated with the fact that the decline is too far advanced and, and, and yeah. nothing, nothing will reverse it. But in the early stages of cognitive yeah. decline, ginkgo is a remarkable remedy when it is Bye -bye. persevered with, persevere with it in the Bye -bye. right dosage. Ginkgo, uh, that's where I'd be starting. Okay, so then is it only in a tablet form or can you get that in liquid? You used to be able to get it in liquid form and I dare say you can still get it in liquid form. It's just that most people these days balk at the taste yep. of, of herbs. Um, yep. But I do know there's a liquid extract of it that's available in naturopathic practices. Yep. Uh, but the modern preparations, as you probably know, are, are in solid form. Well, I got, I got the ginkgo, but I forget to take it. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. oh, I do like that comment. <laughs> that was very well said. That very was very good, well said, Judy. Judy. You blew me out of the water there, but that was good. <laughs> All the very best with that. We're going to head over to Mount Vincent now where Greg has rung in, Dennis. Yes, and, yes. Uh, Greg, you've got a question about a mouth ulcer or mouth ulcers. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Hello, uh, uh, Greg. Have you been battling this for very long? Yes, it has been quite a while, probably a year. Okay. Well, look. There's a, sorry, a number of mouth ulcers. They yes. sort of stay and get better, and another lot breaks out almost immediately. They're not huge mouth ulcers, but they're still very annoying. Okay. Look, one of the uh, best approaches here as far as managing their presence is to use a, um, an old-fashioned herbal medicine specific called tincture of myrrh. M-Y-R-R-H. Now, that is very confidently documented in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, which is one of the major references for modern Western herbalists. And it is very, very unique in its potential to, uh, to tidy up an ulcer that's there. And if, if used prophylactically, it can also lessen uh, the subsequent outbreak of them. But interestingly, interestingly, 
in a range of products known as celloids, C-E-L-L-O-I-D-S. Celloids are mineral substances produced by the good Australian company Blackmores that make a lot of products, together with other good Australian companies. They make the celloids. And there's a celloid in there called PC-73. Now, I know that sounds a little bit esoteric and uh, secretive. It's not secretive. It's just a code uh, of enumerating a product based on potassium chloride in a micro dose. Now, um, uh, that is a very inexpensive uh, product that would have to be procured from a a practitioner, a naturopathic practitioner or a herbalist who stocks the the celloids. But I, I have had over the years remarkable um, results from using PC-73, usually in conjunction with sodium phosphate as a celloid, SP-96. Remember those codes, PC-73, SP-96, in the celloid range. They have given me good results over many years as harmless, inexpensive substances to take uh, ongoingly as as a means of breaking out of the tendency to get yes. these wretched things. Yes, I've tried most things, different non-foaming toothpaste, uh, um, you know, mouthwashes. Yes, yes. Take, take regular vitamins, but yeah. no. Well, I, I would suggest um, you try the uh, the, uh, the celloids. Okay. Um, they, they would be... If you get it, go into Cessnock, there'll be a practitioner there that would stock those. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm in Cessnock at the moment. Oh, there actually. you go. Well, okay. I I can't say where to go, but it would if you ask around, they would they would point you in the direction of a practitioner well known in Cessnock, um, for her reputation, who would stock amongst other things, um, the 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 remarkable group of substances known as celloids. Health naturally at the moment with Dennis Stewart on to to RFM and uh, taking your calls. Chris has rung in from Newcastle. Chris, you've got something you'd like to ask Dennis about turmeric? Yes. Yes. Hello, Chris. Good day, Dennis. Good. Good. How can we help yeah, you, but, mate? Yeah. Before I get on the chair, I was just mm. listening to your supplements you were talking about this morning. The people, oh, yes. and yes. all that. And yes. Yes. I yes. take. I um. Every morning I have an apple and an orange yes. or a mandarin yes. with me breakfast, and yes. I put chia seeds on me cereal yes. and eat salads for lunch yes. and plenty of vegetables for dinner. That that's the, I'm on the right track eating that Absolutely. sort of thing. Absolutely. And I put garlic put garlic on me salads. So you're doing everything right. That's a that, you can't beat that. That's a, that sort of tucker is the foundation of good health, in my opinion. Yeah, mate. I wanted to ask you about turmeric. I've yes. been taking. Um, balloon 600 extra plus, or what do you call it, uh-huh. 600 milligram. Uh-huh. It's in a capsule powder form. Is, uh-huh. it, is, it, is that a good anti-cancer properties and is it a good thing to take for your general well-being? Okay, look, what I'd say about um, uh, turmeric is this, that I tend to think that turmeric has been a little bit um, left out by the emphasis on curcumin, which is one of its chemical constituents. Turmeric yeah. is a herb. Curcumin... Yeah. Is an, is the uh, one of the active principles which has a mild anti-inflammatory effect. But turmeric, as as a food, turmeric included into our diet, the whole herb turmeric powder, which is readily available anywhere. It's in curry, but you can also use it um, separately in in cooking, etc. Turmeric, in my opinion, 
that's the, the, the form or the, the powdered crude herb uh, as a food yep. substance. Is that, you, is that what you get in the capsules, the powdered turmeric? Uh, well, depending upon what brands you're using and whether it's concentrated or not, um, I personally believe if you're going to use turmeric, this is a personal opinion, use it in its simplest form, its most inexpensive form, and this is yes. the form. There were there are two very important names in looking at foods in relationship to serious diseases: uh, Bellevue and Gingras, two Canadian PhDs who are professionals who have looked at the way in which certain foods hinder the development of cancer within the body. They wrote a book, in fact, called Foods to Fight Cancer. I've mentioned it yes. on this program. Now, in that book is one of the most remarkable. Uh, bits of information, if you like, on turmeric, the food, yeah. the food, turmeric, the, yeah. level, the, the level that one needs to use the food to get the benefits, uh, the health benefits, broadly, not just against any one pathology, but broadly. And there yeah. they point out the direct, seemingly the direct correlation between the regular usage of turmeric and the lessening of certain bowel pathologies, particularly in countries mm. that eat a lot of turmeric. If you're using... Like India. Yeah. My, my advice to people is, look, try wherever possible to bypass expensive modern preparations when you are wanting to use something to get a food value. Now, that's different from using curcumin as an extract of turmeric to try to lessen inflammation. If you're using turmeric to get its overall health values as an ongoing food, uh, use it as a food. In the yeah. inexpensive way, go into some of the uh, food markets, the Asian food markets particularly. I go to them frequently. You get turmeric and other things as cheap as dirt, so to use the Australian expression. Get, yeah. in, get into using it that way, mate. Yeah. This one I take, it's got um, pep, black pepper to absorb in your body better. Is that a good one to take? Look, um, black pepper is an agent which uh, assists the uptake of turmeric. And in curry, for instance, you always find a bit of black uh, black pepper. So the preparation is a good preparation. Don't get me wrong. All, all I'm saying is, wherever possible, try to use the herb. Do your own blending, if you like. Throw a bit of black pepper in with it. It doesn't take much. In that book that I mentioned, they actually tell you the proportion of black pepper powder to blend with the, the, the herb turmeric to get this uh, uh, improved assimilation of it. And thank you very much for your call, Chris. Good luck with the turmeric and a bit of cooking. And uh, Steve from Warners Bay now. Steve, uh, you've been through a bit of a journey. Yes, certainly have. Hello, Steve. How are you, Dennis? I'm, I'm, I'm well. How can I help you, Steve? Thank you for your time. I it's appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Um, I've uh, been through a bout of uh, prostate cancer. Yes. I had 20 treatment with radiation. Yes. And I was taking a whole heap of uh, natural stuff, which mm. I'll quickly run through you if you like, which the hospital and the doctors told me to stop taking and mm. whilst I was on all this treatment. Now, yes. when I want to rebuild my immune system, yes. I'll yes. just run through what I was taking. Capsicum, celery seed, cunamon, prostrate complete, the best of vitamin C, organic spirulina, garlic and horseradish, ginger, bilberry, Tart cherry, vitamin K2, uh, trio or trio echinacea, I think is how you pronounce mm -hmm. it, ultimate iron, and uh, two more, vitamin D3 and extra eight uh -huh. for immune tonic. Yeah. 
Steve, I think your doctor is right. You're taking too many things. And right. a lot of those, I don't think, uh, could be seen as doing too much for your um, overall uh, fight against this particular pathology. What I would, what I would say presently, if you're over the, 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 the main treatment, is get yourself onto a preparation known as Astragalus 8. It's a formula. It's a compound uh, available in different forms. I still consider it to be the, one of the most useful agents that I've ever had anything to do with in helping people overcome some of the fatigue, the weariness of various procedures, and also right. also providing a unique immunological support. Um, if possible, next week I'll take that herb up in the context of viral infections. But amongst all the other things, I didn't hear you mention Astragalus 8, and yet Astragalus or the Astragalus 8 formula, in my opinion, is one thing that... Um, you need to be thinking about now. If you're under your doctor still, mention it to him. Most medicos these days know something about astragalus and other herbs that are included in the formula known as astragalus 8. And uh, thanks so much for your call, Steve. We are rapidly approaching the end of the program, Dennis. And uh, there's so many things that can be said about boosting immunity. And uh, if we haven't managed to get hold of, get on to your call today, then... Apologies, but there's always next week, isn't there? There is indeed. And next week we'll look at that uh, or the ideas of Stephen Booner and look at the ideas in his book, Herbal Antivirals, and look at an interesting role for chicken broth. Excellent. Looking forward to that too. There's so much to say. And you can catch this program on podcast in the next few hours to nurfm.com.au.